Hey everyone and welcome to Unconventional Pals. Today we want to talk about the decision to move abroad because um, Hannah and I experienced that it is not always easy to make that decision and depending on why you are thinking of moving abroad it might be more tricky or less tricky. If you are in the situation that you are considering moving to another country or even maybe just to another city we want to try and help you today to make that decision. We actually wrote down um, arguments for and against moving. Just prepared to, yeah, share all, our, all of our knowledge with you all today. So the first decision that you should make or the first factor that should influence your decision is probably why do you even want to move abroad and where to? And I feel like <laughs> I think why is often such an underrated question because I don't know I feel like a lot of people kind of forget about it but I think the why is like the most important question about like moving abroad because it's kind of like your motivation and your like energy source if you if you want so like if I think about my experiences abroad I don't think they would have been as good in the end if it wasn't for my reasons that I had to do it wait does that make sense like <laughs> what I'm trying to say is a lot of my experience was shaped by the reasons of why I did what I did and I think if I did something because I didn't really wanted it to it would not have been as good yeah I totally understand what you mean I think it's also important to not forget about the fact that if you just want to move abroad because you like that country and you may, might have been there on holiday before, if you live there, it's not going to be the same experience as it was when you were on holiday. You have your everyday life that's just as boring as it is in your home country, but then it can also be just as great as the good times in your home country. And I think especially in the times that are not so great, the motivation that you mentioned earlier is what keeps you going. Oh, totally. That's exactly what I meant. You just phrased it much better than I did, <laughs> at least less complicated. And maybe to give everyone that is listening some ideas of what could be a motivational factor is um, the re like reasons for you to move abroad could be to experience a new culture, to push yourself out of your comfort zone, to just kind of, you know, grow as a person. Maybe you just want a fun experience, you know, and do something you've never done before or you just want some adventure like there's so many reasons but I think the main point is that you do it for a reason that really means something to you because I feel like those are all reasons people will tell you but it, unless you really want any of these reasons to happen they're not going to help you as motivation yeah and also once you know your reasons you can prepare yourself for the challenges that it might bring as well. Very, very true indeed. Maybe before we go, challenges is an important um, acknowledgement right there. But I think maybe before we start with the challenges of moving abroad, it might be good to talk about all the like good things or the reasons for moving abroad. Hannah, do you want to start? Because I feel like I've been talking much more so far than you did so <laughs> yeah I keep it so I think positive 
factors are definitely you get to see different cultures get to experience them you might even be able to learn a new language unless you already know it and then you get to practice even more um get to meet people that otherwise you would have never met with different backgrounds maybe as well because like in your situation at uni especially with all those international students you kind of share the same motivation but then you all have a really different background to why you made that decision I think your life just becomes so much more adventurous. I feel like, especially with the adventure bit, it's not just, you know, going on crazy road trips or meeting people from different backgrounds. It's also the everyday life becomes an adventure, especially at the beginning. Once you kind of settled in and got used to everything, it's, I would say, still adventurous, but not as much as in the beginning. But like, especially the first couple of weeks, everything becomes a challenge. And you will think, what, like, what can possibly be like so adventurous about everyday life? But if you move to a different country, like the smallest things just become so interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of an, of an example. Um, I remember back in the days when I was younger and moved to England for a while to go to school there. School day, like school days became so much more exciting just because I had to wear a school uniform because that was something completely new to me. And for me, it was so odd to see everyone just wearing school uniforms or having to go to an assembly twice a week in the morning was something I've never experienced before. And actually being checked on your school uniform as well, because for everyone outside of Britain who doesn't know, um, I guess it's also different between like the differences between English and Scottish schools as well. But at least from my experience, um, what I've known is that you wear a school uniform to school and most schools do like an assembly once or twice a week and an assembly is where you go in the morning and you kind of have like a wee briefing about what happens during the week or kind of school news are told or just random things really like one time we had a briefing about the like <laughs> danger of seabirds so it's quite interesting <laughs> quite interesting as it is quite different to what I experienced in school in Germany so like you kind of like your everyday life basically just becomes like yeah I'm starting to repeat myself so I'm passing the ball on to you Hannah now I can only imagine that sounds so cool honestly I'm a bit jealous I never got to wear a school uniform but I guess if I had been in that situation where I would have had to wear one I've probably hated it in December I was walking to work and I just looked around and looked at the way the houses were built and I was like wow I live in Scotland this is pretty amazing I like the houses and I remember that it was similar in Austria because, um, so I was living in Salzburg, which is a beautiful city. No, it's not, I mean, it's quite small, <laughs> but it was, there's a lot of um, cultural goods and like history and you see it everywhere and it's so pretty. And you just walk there and you're like, wow, now I live in Austria. It's so cool here. And I think it's, it really just shows how sometimes the little things can, be so exciting oh I totally agree like I feel the little I feel like the little things are the most like surprising ones as well because I think a big one for me as well always has been like small talk or just how people kind of interact with you on like an everyday base which obviously is totally normal for them but for me like st small talk in the UK is still sometimes really like an adventure because German people don't do small talk. I think we talked about this before, actually. But 
I feel like that's another example of like everyday kind of adventures. Also, thanks to you, I really want to go to Salzburg now. <laughs> so, cheers to that. Um, you said something earlier about, I think, friends and like different backgrounds and like you come together with so many different people. And that is a reason to move abroad. Like, you can meet so many people from so many different backgrounds. But I personally also found it the most intriguing to just meet the people from the country. And what I love, for example, about you and me, Hannah, is that we often talk about how much we love Scottish people because the mentality and just how they are, it just we just really vibe with it and we just really love it. And getting to know that has probably been one of my favorite things about living in Scotland, just kind of how they do things, how they like the humor they have and how they just talk and just like the small things like I could fangirl literally about like Scottish humor or Scottish like accents for hours just because I think it's so cool and I just so can't believe I actually get to experience that on a regular base. I totally agree that is really really cool and I feel like it gives you it gives you a new feeling of belonging once you get to once you want to start to understand the culture and the humor especially because I find that is really dry at times but very funny if you get used to it I but I do think there is this ongoing debate of when you move abroad which group of people do you hang out with because I from past experiences I remember there was like in some countries just the Germans hanging out and everyone looked at it and was like well why would you go abroad if you then just hang out with people from the country that you were born and that you came from and I think it's a bit of both maybe you just because you met that person abroad doesn't mean that you can't get along so well but then obviously once once you made the decision to move abroad you might also want to get a bit of an insight into the domestic culture of that country so it's obviously good to <laughs> to be friends <laughs> with those people too. I totally agree with you I feel like it is a bit about finding the middle ground because um, I remember one thing back from my exchange time in England as well because we had like a like kind of a weekend with the organ like okay let me start differently so basically um, when I went abroad to England when I was like a teenager I signed up with like an organization who would kind of um, organize the whole thing for me. And before I went abroad, I actually had been with them and several other people in the same position, like several other teenagers. And it was kind of like a prepare weekend. So we kind of, you know, talked about the challenges we might face and like what to do in certain situations and all that. And I remember this one girl um, who went to England told us about her parents. And she said to make sure not to hang out with too many exchange students because you don't get the most out of getting to know the culture. And that stuck with me so much in England that at the beginning, I was just so focused on only making British friends. And I think one of the biggest lessons I learned throughout my time in England is that you have to find a middle ground. You shouldn't not be friends with someone just because they have the same nationality as you but you shouldn't just search the comfort of those who are like from the same country. Cause it's often much more comforting hanging around with people from your country cause you've got the same culture. So it's unconsciously much easier and you already have that common thing that kind of puts you like kind of puts you into like a closer relationship. Cause you're like in the same situation where you are in a different country where you have to get to know everything. So and it's I like easier to friendship. 
sorry. I think it's also often the language that you know that with that person, you can just speak in your native language. So you don't have to make an effort at all. And I noticed back in England, especially, it was so difficult to make British friends at first because I was so not accustomed um, to the culture. I was really like me being really stubborn in the first two, three months and not wanting any like foreign friends and just making British friends. I eventually kind of managed it by kind of trying to kind of, you know, indulge in the culture. But one of the best quotes I've heard from, like I remember from that time is from a friend of mine who was also from Germany. And she said to me, at the end of the day, you're here to make friends and to, you know, have experience, like experience new things. So you shouldn't just limit yourself to people from here. Like you are limiting yourself so much if you are not willing to make friendships with people who are from like the same background as you as well. Does that make sense? So I feel like what I'm trying to say is you also have to be like careful not to run into, oh, I just want to make friends with people from that country because you might miss out of friendships that could also be really beneficial to you. Because like I ended up being really close friends with some of the um, other exchange students as well, like friendships I would not want to miss in the world. But if I had stick with my original plan of just making British friends, I would not have probably become such good friends with these people. And my life would not be as great as it is because they did have a huge impact on my life still. So I feel like, yeah, it's about the balance of like, kind of trying to find what suits you best. Also, I've got one more thing to say that, but I'm sorry, I feel like I'm just like kind of throwing everything in here. Hannah, please interrupt me if you want to say something to the things I want to say, because I don't want to talk over you. But you said something really interesting about the language earlier on. And I wanted just to add something else, because I think there's a difference between learning a language in school and actually then going to the country and speaking it. Because firstly, you have to speak the language every single day, which at the beginning is really, really hard. And you have to kind of, you know, you obviously become much more fluent in it, but it is a challenge. But I feel like the most fun part for me is always once you get past that point and you actually learn the slang language of the language, like the local kind of phrases, because I think that's like the coolest thing ever, because it makes you feel like you belong somewhere else. Like I just personally feel so cool. Like once I learned a bit of British slang, I just started feeling so cool, like being able to say oh, I can't speak slang in another language. And then you go back and speak English to other people and they're like, I don't know what that means. And you're like, and I'm not even a native speaker, but I know where uh, you don't. <laughs> and that is exactly the feeling I'm living for. I agree. Um, About the, the coming from school and then having to speak in a different language. I just want to add. So when I first went to Australia after school, I found it so difficult. When I was at school, I was always good at English, but it's the school English that you learn and you're never really tested on speaking. You normally just have to write it or you wanna say like two sentences in class and they are pretty basic. You don't really have to live your life in a different language. So when I then went to Australia, I think there were different things coming together because one of my good friends who went there with me was bilingual. So his dad, I think was English. So he, his English was flawless. He had a beautiful accent when he spoke. And then there was me and it just caused some kind of imposter syndrome. I was like, I don't know English anymore. Well, I'm gonna live here now and I don't know English. And it just made me stop trying for a bit until then I realized I didn't come here to stop trying. So then once I got over that, it got a lot better. And I think that is sometimes quite difficult. 
Oh, I totally agree. And I feel like you just linked this so perfectly to challenges you might face when moving abroad. I can really relate to the language struggle as well, because as fun as it can be, it can be so demotivating. Because I remember having a similar feeling when I moved to England, because I thought my English was decent. Like I could have conversations, my grades were good. I was like, yeah, I can do this. I did not understand a single thing the first four weeks. I mean, I did, but I felt like I didn't. Because I remember people speaking to me and my heart just went, like inside my thoughts just went, I can understand every single word, but yet I have no idea what those people are trying to tell me. Oh, I can only imagine, especially when then there's also a different type of accent in the picture. And then sometimes you're like, oh, does it mean this or does it mean that? Oh, I could not handle a glossy accent at first. Like, I could not handle it at all, which is so ironic because now I hear it and I don't find it difficult at all. But that just shows, obviously, the more you engage with the language, you grow and you just become better at it. But I, I, 17 minutes was just like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I think that goes for every language though. And the encouraging thing about it is once you mastered one language, when you're learning, when you're trying to learn a new one, you can always remind yourself that you were struggling with that language for, at first and now you're really good at it. So it is a journey and it takes a while and you're constantly getting better, even if at times you might not notice. And I think what is also a major piece of advice is to just try, even if like, if you know you're not fluent or you're just starting to learn, the more you try, the faster you'll get better. Exactly. And also don't get um, discouraged by people, especially not people who only speak one language, because unfortunately, there are people who judge other people if their language isn't that, like their language skills aren't as good. But the majority of people will be more than like I feel like most people are actually quite excited to speak to people from another country that try to speak their language so just don't get encouraged by other people is what I'm trying to say like you're doing your best and especially if someone only speaks one language don't let them tell you off like they can learn your language first <laughs> <laughs> I think what's also often misunderstood is when you're trying in a language and you might not be that successful in putting across what you mean and then the other person tries to switch to either your language because they are really good at it or just speak English to you. I think it's not meant, they don't mean to be rude. They just want to make it easier for you. So if you then feel like you still want to continue practicing, just let them know. That is such a good piece of advice because that actually happens much more frequently than one would think. I like that we kind of already gone into tips, but I would like to speak about some more challenges before we continue with tips because I think it's yeah important to actually emphasize them as well and I think you might be the same yeah I think maybe it's um an idea to to name the challenge that can occur and then just give a tip to resolve the problem that is a very good point I did not <laughs> think of that but that makes a lot of sense because obviously we won't don't want to leave you all like with all these challenges but no solutions to them <laughs> look there's your these are all the challenges that might occur you'll just have to get over them <laughs> jump and swim you'll be fine <laughs> i feel like the most obvious one we named already which is that it can be really challenging in general which is not really specific but i feel like challenging 
it's still like I still want to ma- mention the word challenging because I feel like it's mentally challenging and I can apply to different things but just because you're kind of thrown into that new environment and all these new things and that it can be hard to cope with at times um so like new norms and like the culture can just be really challenging as well I feel like I'm using that word way too much it's all challenging but like it can be really difficult to adjust to something even if you have engaged with the culture beforehand like I mentioned earlier with me and England because I've been to England plenty of times before I actually moved there for a while I had engaged with the English language but yet I was struggling with the language not just because of the accent but also just of the culture like the way they spoke it due to cultural norms and just like everyday kind of culture like there were loads of little things I just had to get used to and that could be quite yeah really kind of can get like as exciting as it is it can also be quite challenging at times because you just miss what you know because everything is new and that can just be really overwhelming. I think you're also easy to be misunderstood as Mm. in when you're not aware of the cultural norms and I I don't think you can be aware of all of them before you actually live in a country then you might react in a way that's not ideal so that other people might think something of you that you didn't intend to put across but I think the only way to really get over it is to go through it and to practice and just always be vocal about if you don't understand something you can ask and if you feel like someone misunderstood the way you said something try to explain yourself ask is such a good point like I used to really not like asking people about vocabulary and things because I felt so ashamed because I often also encountered people like I always felt a bit stupid which is silly or like people would think I would, don't understand them at all, which was not the case, but sometimes you just don't know a word. But I used to really do not, like I used to not like asking about it. But believe me, my life would have been so much easier so many times if I just had asked. Because sometimes understanding a word or not understanding a word makes all the difference. Or just a sentence, like in context, because there's so many like little things that can easily be misunderstood and lead to, you know, bigger arguments than necessary yeah I think especially words that are just describing a sound or a noise those are the most difficult ones I mean whistling wheezing whatever it all sounds similar and it could mean literally anything (laughs) that's very true I have to think like I just had to think of another example I could give to maybe explain what we kind of mean with like cultural norms a bit and language as well um it's not really bad like a bad one in the such as it was like it led to no like big misunderstanding but basically um the British people listening will know that it is kind of a thing to say you're right or all right if you ask someone how they are so instead of saying how are you doing how are you today they just say hey you're right which literally means the same thing here but 17 year old Lou did not know that uh, one of my friends in England, when I got to know her, she would always come up to me when uh, she saw me and ask, you all right? And I thought that I looked so like poorly and sad that she was just checking on me. Because if you say in German, you all right, or you okay, it normally means that people are concerned about you. Whereas in England, it just meant, how are you? And I just kept thinking, for, I think two or three months until I actually asked her or kind of you know notice that what it actually means that I just look like I'm so sad and like don't know what I'm doing all the time 
So if I would have asked earlier, I kind of, you know, maybe that wouldn't have influenced my self-esteem as much because at the time I thought, oh, do I look so miserable? Oh Which is God. not like... This is so relatable. I was in the exact same situation. I was at work and there was like this delivery guy that always came in the morning and he was really nice. But every morning he'd ask, are you all right? And I always thought, do I look bad? Do I look tired? No, I'm, I'm good. And then I think after a few days, I just asked my colleagues, I was like, is there something wrong with me? And they were like, no, why? And I was like, because he always asked me if I'm all right. And they were like, he's asking how you're feeling today. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Honestly, it makes me so happy to hear I'm not the only one who did misunderstand that at first. Definitely but not. That's not uh, they don't teach you that at school, though. So it's one of those things you just learn by living in the country. And I feel like it's a really British thing as well. So is saying sorry every time, even if it's not your fault. You just say sorry. <laughs> just apologise. Just always apologise. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm over. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was in the way. <laughs> I love it though because I feel like what I find so funny is like you also get to know which stories are actual stories and which one are just stories out of reflex like yeah. you kind of you know at some point oh that was a like sincere story and this was just a well I just say it because I have to and I think there's also also the type of story that means you're in my way you should be sorry sorry can I just walk <laughs> past you yeah oh that's very true oh um, um, oh, I just noticed I have one more um, kind of ne not negative thing, but like one thing that needs like one challenge that I think is often forgotten and needs to be mentioned. And that is moving abroad is really lonely at first. Well, it depends, obviously, on the kind of abroad you're doing. But speaking from my personal experience... It is really lonely every single time, at least at the beginning um, or at some point. Like I would say my uni experience was a bit different because I'd say the first two, three weeks weren't lonely because you just got so much going on. But once you kind of settle into like normal day, everyday life, it became a bit lonely just because you, you know, you moved somewhere. You don't really know people. You're getting to know people, but it's not like actual friends yet. So you basically just by yourself all the time. Even I feel like even if you move abroad for a partner I would still think because you don't have like any friends yet I must feel lonely at times and obviously your family isn't there either I would not necessarily agree I know what you mean but I've made different experiences over the years do, do you want to elaborate on that or are you <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh, you to be the to say um yeah so when I first went to Australia um right at the start I had a group of people that arrived with me and they were all my age so that was nice and comforting to know that they'd be there and I still felt lonely at times and then also after a month I think I left them and went traveling by myself so I was all by myself and I remember the first day was so bad all I did was I woke up in the morning and I thought I'm gonna have the best day I am on my own and I'm gonna make the most of it and it's gonna be amazing and I went to the kitchen because it was a hostel and there was one person and I spoke to him and I asked him something and he was so grumpy he was like do not speak to me and that <laughs> brought me down so much I was so upset and I just went to the beach and tried to get over it uh, and I know that on that day I felt like 
this was the worst decision of my life. I'm going to spend the next four months completely by myself. It'll be the worst experience ever. And that night I met a girl and her friends and they were so lovely and that changed everything for me. We had a few days together and it kind of taught me almost that I just have to keep approaching people and it will be good in the end. And the people that react like that guy, you're not going to be friends with them anyway. And then I think, so that was when I felt really lonely. And then the next time I moved abroad was to France. And I was so excited at the start because I, I, I always wanted to go and do my semester abroad in France. So as soon as I got there, I was just appreciative of everything, really. I was speaking to the women in the bakery and I had the best time ever. And I just spoke to everyone and everyone was nice. So I think it really depends on outer circumstances as well as well as our own attitude. I totally agree on both, but I'd also say it becomes easier the more you do it. So I personally would say my uni experience was much less lonely because I already experienced that before and I knew how to handle it and I knew it's not, not gonna last forever. So I never really felt lonely, lonely. Do you know, just, you know, the occasional day or something. But I remember in England, like I came there and I was so motivated. Like the first 24 hours, I was buzzing. I woke up three hours before I had to go to school because I was so excited. So first school day was so exciting. Second school day, I always almost had a complete mental breakdown because all of a sudden I noticed I do not know anyone really. I haven't, I don't have any friends here yet. They all know each other. And I felt so lonely. And I remember the first two weeks, I cried so much. And I'm really not a person to cry much. But I think I spent 14 days literally crying every evening because I was like, I don't know anyone. I don't have any friends. I'm just sitting here by myself. I have nothing to do. And I felt so like lost. And then eventually, like I remember the first time someone asked me to hang out was one of the exchange students. And it made me so happy that they asked me to join them. And after that, I felt much better because I finally felt like, okay, at least there are some people. And then from there, I kind of moved on and I was like, okay, Lou, get your shit together, like get motivated. You you are here for a reason and you want to make friends. But still, I had days where I was like, like it continued for about two, the first two, three months where I constantly had like a lot of moments of loneliness just because I hadn't really settled in. And I was really hard. Like I was 17 in a country. I didn't basically know anyone. New culture, different language. And so like, I don't know, I think the only thing that stopped me sometimes from quitting was the fight for it and that I wanted it for so long like I wanted to live in England for a while for years like it was a big dream of mine and I was like okay I'm not gonna get it up now that's what brings us back to motivation as well because it does matter because it is what brings you or what kind of takes you through these hard faces yeah I don't think I would have made it without my motivation because I know so many people who actually quit the exchange because they just did it because other people said it's cool but then they had all these chain like challenges and so they just went home because it wasn't worth it for them. I think that's a really important point that you're touching on there and also I believe that there are just different factors to it. It is definitely important to be aware of the fact that you can feel lonely and it can be really challenging. Maybe you cry a lot but remind yourself of why you wanted to do it in the first place. Also maybe have some faith in the people around you. Like you said the, the exchange student asked you to join to, to join them for an activity whereas for me it was that one girl and her friends that asked me if I wanted to go out with them so sometimes there is just another person that will show you that it's still worth it and then you kind of learn that next time you'll just be that person you will approach someone and the most important thing not to forget that you touched on as well 
you can always go back, you can always end your exchange, you can always decide studying abroad is not for you. And there's always a different path. That is a very good point. Like, you can always go back. That's the thing. Like, if it really sucks that bad and it's not worth it for you, because I feel like that's something to keep in mind as well. For some people, it's worth pushing through certain things. But if you notice, this is not what I want. Why would you want to continue pushing through it? You can just go back and, you know, do something you actually want to do. Yeah, it's a bit like, because I remember that um, whenever I was at the point where I didn't know if I wanted to continue something, I usually decided to just push through and do it anyways. But I know that people around me also said, just because you've been going into the wrong direction for so and so long because I was always saying oh but I've done this for so and so long so if I quit now is that not very stupid and they were like just because you've been running in the wrong direction for so many months or years doesn't mean once you realize you have to keep running and I, yeah. I was like yeah that is so true that makes so much more sense because like a lot of sense because otherwise you're just going to keep on running into the wrong direction your entire life just because you've done it for so long I mean you do have to like I totally agree I do think it kind of depends on what you're doing though because yeah. for example imagine it's like six months before you graduate and then you decide oh I don't want to do this and you've done this for like four years I you would say okay yeah you might as well push through and then start over just so you kind of got something but if you notice at this like after a year of a four-year program you don't want to do this honestly just quit it's not worth it because you're just gonna hate it like well, maybe not. Maybe you're going to grow to love it eventually. But the chances are that if you say after a year, you do not enjoy it, you're not going to enjoy it after two years or three years or after like you finished. I met a lot of people who enjoy studying in Aberdeen and abroad and living in Scotland. But I also met a lot of foreign students who absolutely hate it or maybe not hate it, but like they're like, I'd rather be somewhere else. And they just kind of continued doing it because they're like, well, I started it. I might as well continue. And I'm like, fair enough if you notice that after three years and you're just like, well, one more year. But if you notice that after your first year, I just find it sad if you continue. Like, obviously, personal circumstances. Sometimes you don't have another chance. I'm putting that aside. But if you, like, why, if you can, why would you push through something just so people think you're not a quitter or just because of your own ego like it's your life you shouldn't do something you hate so desperately especially if you don't like the place if you don't like the university if you don't like the course if you don't like the culture what is the bloody point of staying 100 percent, yes i agree with you i think you know when it is something that you can continue and you'll you'll be happy about the fact that you didn't quit i think there is something inside you that keeps you going. If it's too much to bear though, just quit. <laughs> at the same time, I think that's where motivation kind of comes back into it. Because at times I really felt like I couldn't do England anymore, at least the first three months. And I was like, oh, I'm on these kind of, I started to enjoy one of the month, but the first two months it was really hard at times. Um, but I think what did keep me pushing through was really just me being stubborn mm -hmm. and me it's only six months so I might as well continue and it then teached me that sometimes it is worth pushing through but you kind of have to make that choice for yourself because like we're so kind of controversial right now because we're saying oh just quit but we're also saying just push through but you kind of have to put a lot of things into account and 
it all like I feel like it all comes down to your motivation and what you want from your life and also the kind of person you are oh yeah that's a good point I don't think one is better than the other I think it's just different so this is not meant to be judgmental in any way but I think if you know it's not great but you can do it then you're most likely the person that doesn't like quitting and then you might as well do it whereas if you really feel like you can't do it anymore there's no shame in quitting and I think it also depends on like you said you knew it was six months if it's a temporary uh, situation that you're in that might change your view on it whereas if you made a decision that is supposed to be a more long-term one it might be harder to keep doing something that you don't totally enjoy. I totally agree. I feel like what's quite kind of helpful in that sense is maybe set yourself like if you move somewhere for like an, an unknown amount of time, maybe set yourself if you like 50-50 yourself kind of uh, an amount of time and then you're going to reevaluate your choice and see whether it makes sense for you to continue on that path or whether you think you maybe should change it. Oh, that's a really good idea. Especially because I hear that it takes six months to kind of settle in somewhere. So that's why you shouldn't necessarily quit in the first six months. Obviously, there's no time in doing so, as you said, Hannah. And it really depends on your personal circumstances and the kind of person you are. But just keep that in mind. Like normally it takes about six months to settle in and to get used to the culture and make friends or at least, you know, some connection. That obviously means you are in that environment for six months in a row, which, for example, in university doesn't happen. I, I think I went home after three and a half months for the first time when I went to uni. So then if you go to uni, I would literally say, go, do the first year and then reevaluate. Whereas if you just move somewhere and you are there constantly reevaluate after six months, whether you want to continue the path or if you want to change it. I think that's a very good idea. I feel like that also adds to another thing that just popped into my head and that is keep in mind that maybe you're going to lose touch with some people. I'm not saying that necessarily has to happen, but you're going to set your priorities differently. And I think we all have kind of those kind of friends that we like hanging out with, but we wouldn't necessarily text them all the time. So, you know, depending on the friendship, you might lose some of all, like some of your old friends just because you don't see them. Whereas other friendships might be strengthened, like strengthened, I can't even say the word, strengthened. (laughs) This is going well. So my, what I'm trying to say is some friendships might become stronger because of you moving abroad because you have to engage differently. So just be aware that there might be some changing in your personal relationships. I also want to add, I think it's important that you don't rely, but that might just be my personal preference or speaking from experience, relying on texting someone all the time becomes so much more difficult as you grow up because you are in different circumstances as the other person and your life is structured completely different. If if you were to text everyone you know from home, you wouldn't have time to make any other new connection because you'd be glued to your phone the whole time. That is such a good and important point. So maybe just try and remember to be a bit more chill about how much contact you have with people and not to be too annoyed if people don't text you 24 hours and if you can't text 24 hours. Because chances are they don't like you less than they did before. They just have other things to do. And if people get really annoyed because you're not texting them 24 hours, talk to them. And if they can't understand that you also have a life, 
it's just not worth keeping it like that friendship alive I think but I feel like that's a general tip, not just for moving and board, just in general life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> also, since we're on about making friends, I have another tip for everyone when it comes to making friends in a different country. I think we might do like another episode more specifically on of some of the things we touched today. And I feel like friend, making friends is one of them. But a quick tip I want to give, especially in the current times we live in, is use the internet to make friends and I know a lot of people still look upon this really judgmentally but it does help like I met you Hannah after Instagram which I'm about. um but also like using apps such as Bumble this is by the way not sponsored this is just a genuine tip because I use that app and it actually is fun and you can meet people through it because it really helps especially if you don't know anyone and you don't really have a starting point like those kind of apps are great because everyone on there is there to make friends yeah most likely I think so too or if you just wanted someone to text like we said earlier if you're the type of person that loves messaging people there are a lot of people on there that literally just want someone to send messages to I feel like it became quite clear that we are more than meeting up in person people are not quite a text <laughs> yeah definitely oh I'm so bad at texting the amount of times where I leave someone on red or no I wouldn't even leave them on red because as soon as you open the message obviously the notification disappears so I'm always trying to trick myself into not opening the message so that mm. it still shows us you have a message to read that is my life in a nutshell I do try to work on it and I like it depends if it's like urgent like I think all my friends know like obviously that's a different story but if it just work I'm I just postpone it because it's not my main priority because I'm just don't enjoy taxing as much um do you have any more tips you want to share with our listeners my friend Um, no I think just to wrap it up I think it is important to to engage with the culture and the country it definitely helps if you've been there before and you kind of know what you're setting yourself up for um also try to always keep a realistic um, view on the whole thing. What are you going to do once you move abroad? Why are you moving abroad? Are you aware of the fact that your life is going to be very similar to your life at home? Just the culture, the language, the people might be a bit different, but at the end of the day, you'll still go to uni or you will still go to your work and then you go home and you do whatever you would do in your home country. like you wrap that up very nicely so i don't really have much to add but yeah okay well thanks for listening again and we Uh, hope to not see you but (laughs) speak to you all very soon again exactly (laughs) Bye. bye